Hello, you guys. This is my leak. This is the My Taught You podcast, and I am back with our third installment um, of our entrepreneur series. And so this is a series for the entrepreneurial, whether you are thriving as an entrepreneur, you are an inspiring entrepreneur, or you are entrepreneurial, meaning you have um, a passion project inside of your um, career or even on the outside of your career. This podcast is for you. The title of this podcast is titled Boss Branding. And so I am going to cover a lot um, today in this podcast. So I want to make sure that you've got your pen, your paper, your my taught you journal, whatever it is that you need, um, because we are going to cover a lot of ground, um, because there is a lot of, uh, confusion about branding and marketing. And I'm going to try to share as much as I possibly can with you. Um, this podcast series is brought to you by fresh books. Um, I've loved getting the tweets and messages from you guys telling me that you have tried, uh, fresh books and you are loving it as much as I did. Um, I'm not surprised because fresh books makes really, really easy to use cloud accounting software that helps us entrepreneurs deal with all the paperwork that we don't have the time to deal with. So, um, if you're on the move, like I am, they have an app you can literally put together an invoice in 30 seconds or less. Uh, if you're like me and you like getting paid, you can um, have your clients pay online using FreshBooks. And one of my favorite, one of my favorite features about FreshBooks is that they can let you know whether or not a client has seen your invoice. And so that kind of gets rid of that uncomfortable moment when you need to follow up because you want to get paid, you want to move on. And you can just say, hey there, I saw you open the invoice last week. So I'm circling back um, to check in on payment. And so don't ever feel bad about circling back for your money, okay? Uh, If you want to check out my free 30-day trial, just go to freshbooks.com backslash my taught you. And there's a section that says, how did you hear about us? Just let them know my taught you. Um, And then just let me know what you think about it because it was a really useful tool when I was first starting out. So without further ado, we are going to get into this boss branding um, podcast. I'm podcasting from Memphis today, and it's just such a good thing that I have this microphone because no sooner than I finished my notes and got ready to do this podcast, they started having like band practice outside. So uh, shout out to the microphone for keeping the noise out. Um, So get your pen and paper ready. I am going to be speaking tonight in Memphis, but before I even chitty chat tonight, I want to talk with you. So by definition, branding is the marketing practice of creating a name, symbol, or design that identifies and differentiates a product from other products. So that is what the brand is. I think over time, branding has gotten confused with marketing. Excuse me. Branding is not marketing. Marketing is when you are pushing. So marketing is when you are pushing things onto people and branding is how you pull them in, right? So your brand is your promise to your customer or your client. Your brand tells them what they can expect from your products or your services and what your brand should be doing is separating you from any of your competitors. So Marketing sort of activates people to buy. 
Um, but branding is what we do to create loyal customers, um, advocates, and evangelists out of the people who are actually buying. So marketing is only going to activate them, but our brand is going to make them loyal, going to make them activate, uh, advocate for us, I'm sorry, and even make them evangelists. So I think the first and easiest thing for us to, to discuss when it comes to branding um, is the logo. I think a lot of people, that is the first place that they go, usually the name, and once you get the name, you go for the logo. Um, everyone needs a logo. This is just a part of the branding that you can't um, skip. But I want you to think before you get into your logo, or maybe you're going to redo your logo, um, it's a function of your, it is a function of your brand. It is not and should not be the actual brand. So before you get with a graphic designer, I want you to do some homework. I want you to create a mood board to give them some direction. I want you to put any and everything that you can possibly think of on this board. And I have mentioned this in prior podcasts. So sometimes I will give myself a mood board, even if I'm creating um, a new project. So before I did Curlbox, I worked with tons of other brands um, and helped them either revamp themselves um, or even just jump out the box. And uh, I would always put together sort of like six to nine photos before I would submit them to the graphic artist of what I wanted the logo, the kind of emotion I hoped that it evoked. Um, something else that people probably don't think about when they are getting their logo done is um, something called the color emotion guide. So there is a color emotion guide that lots of brands have used in the past that um help sort of influence the customer so yellow is optimism clarity warmth so those are brands like ups best buy hertz mcdonald's uh friendly is orange you know cheerful confidence you've got nickelodeon fanta soda um hooters that sorts of deal payless uh, firefox Red is excitement and bold. You've got Coca-Cola, Nintendo, Kellogg's, Kmart, Target, Avis, you know, lots of things. You'll notice there are a lot of brands that use red. Um, Purple is creative, uh, wise. You've got Yahoo. You've got um, T-Mobile. You've got Barbie in there, Taco Bell. Blue is going to create trust and strength. And so when I was, I was... I organize my apps on my phone by color and I notice that most apps are blue. Most of the apps that I use are blue. Um, and so for those, you've got Twitter, American Express, um, Hewlett Packard, Oral-B, Vimeo, those, those sorts of deals. Green is peaceful. So you think about um, BP, uh, Tropicana, things like that. And then like a black, white, or gray is like balance and calm. And you've got, you know, New York Times, Apple, Nike, Puma, so on. So that is like a quick rundown of that guide. So before I got started with Curlbox, uh, I knew I am obsessed with pink, but pink represents romance um, and femininity. And so I was creating a product for women. And so I felt very comfortable and confident using pink, you know, the pink being feminine. And then when I created it, I knew that I wanted it to feel like a gift. So I wanted to create that romance. For anyone who has ever gotten Curlbox, you know that it always comes with pink 
tissue paper and that is just the romance that I want to create in um, a product that I believe has a lot of value, you know, to get a gift for $20 a month, it's $20 plus a $5 shipping. Um, that was my, uh, that was my goal. And pink is used to market products to women and young girls. So that's just something that is, that is not news. That is just what happens. Um, and then black, I knew that I wanted that pink to pop on a powerful background because yes, pink is feminine, but what about the strong woman? And that is the woman that I was seeking out. You know, I I made something for African-American women. I believe African-American woman is a strong woman, powerful and sleek. So black is a color that says power. It's sleek. And it's also used to market luxury products. So, um, I wanted something that was affordable, that felt luxurious, and that's why I decided to go with those colors. And so I hope that sort of explaining, um, the color emotion chart and how those things work. I know it gets purple may be your favorite color, but what does purple mean? Purple is used to soothe and calm often seen in beauty or anti-aging products. So uh, you may need to do some research on the colors that you're using. And then also like the font style and size, you know, what you want it to look like and what that means. Another thing you want to think about is your tagline. And that was one of the hardest things for me to come up with. And that's why um, I got into a small legal issue with someone who basically ripped off every single thing I had done from top to bottom. And I really got so upset that I was less upset about some of the other stuff but I was mostly upset that they basically stole the tagline that it took me like a whole week to come up with and my tagline is affordable exclusive um oh my god did I forget exclusive affordable effortless and so I took some time to think about you know what I do so you come up with your name you come up with you know your logo and then you do you need a tagline and I used to think like no I don't and the person that I was working with the business advisor that I was working with was like I'm not letting you go to the next step without a tagline because you need to be able to quickly explain what it is that you do and it's like you need to be able to have a line that is memorable meaningful and a concise statement um, that describes your brand and so I was like what I do is effortless because it is delivered to your front door it is affordable because every box um, has a product value at or at or above what you pay for it. And it's like not even mentioned shipping. I don't know if you guys know anything about shipping, but shipping gets pricey. Um, and I wanted something that was exclusive. So if you go to our site, you can't become a member except for one day a month. And so those are the three things that I felt like, um, made my company what it was. And so what's your tagline if you don't have one and maybe you make that your homework for the week there are a lot of people who are thriving without the tagline but I think that when you come up with the tagline it keeps you um it's like your north star it keeps it keeps you uh, intact because what's going to happen is you're going to um be approached by different people as you start popping people are going to be like oh you should be doing this you should be doing that like have you ever thought about doing these I mean I I can't even tell you the amount of times people come to me and are like why don't you do this and why don't you do that and I'm just like because this is I do exclusive I do affordable and I do effortless you know and and that is what I stick to so um 
you want to make sure that you have your tagline. Next thing you want to think about is your tone or your voice. What is going to what is your communication style through all of your channels going to be? Are you going to be very direct and sort of to the point, you know, clinical if you have products that are, you know, maybe vitamins or something medical, are you going to be clinical um or are you going to be funny um what is it? Tease in the trap. I really love that brand because I like how funny the communication is across the board. So, um, tease in the trap. I know there's a young woman who makes those, uh, and she saw, she sent me a mug and some teas. They're dope. I love it. But I have seen her Facebook ads and the Facebook ads are funny. Like everything is funny. Um, are you going to be, Hey girl, Hey, like, are you going to be very familiar, you know, and, and be comfortable being, Hey girl, Hey, across the board at all times. You know, when I first started, I use words like pop in and stuff like that. So in our uh, communication, you'll see that because we want to be sort of relatable. Um, are you natural? What matters to you? And I always just recommend using the voice that you're most comfortable using because you can can't you always tell when somebody's out of their comfort zone or a brand is trying too hard like how many times have you seen on twitter somebody trying way too hard and you really just want to be like girl that's not it um so i want you to think about your tone and your voice and these are all the keys that are going to help you create a boss brand like a very very strong brand next thing that you want to do that you probably I would guess that a lot of people probably haven't done this is what are your brand standards so what is the um sort of like lookbook how should everything look at all times so in my office there is a sheet that has our exact Pantone colors so if we're ever working with someone how do you want the logo used what size should it be used what are your exact Pantone colors? Um, in formal communication, what should be lowercase? What should be uppercase? Um, what would a new employee or a complete stranger need to know to keep the look of your brand consistent through all communication? You need that. So go ahead and create a sheet of brand standards. And what that's going to do is help you become clearer um, and more consistent in what you're doing because you'll notice that you've got one thing happening over here you've got something else happening over there and I've even had to work to clean that up in my office too because it's like there's one person has this style another person has that style and it's like okay guys let's bring it all in and let's create some brand standards um but now that I have kind of gotten out of the I feel like the really sort of simple nuts and bolts because that part is is a no-brainer this is this is the true essence um of of branding is how does it make me feel you know does this brand satisfy an emotional need you know wanting to feel healthy or successful or does it offer access to self-identity I am an athlete I am a makeup artist I am a diva I am this so your brand should satisfy an emotional need that someone has and that's what you have to think about the emotional aspect so remember I told you that marketing pushes things on people branding pulls people in this is how you're going to comfortably and confidently pull people in so you are not selling products you are selling emotions you know 
um, seeking emotional connections takes you from differentiating, differentiating your offering to profiting from long-term relationships to successfully extending into new categories. So long-term relationships, I'm going to read that again. So seeking emotional connections takes you from differentiating your offering to profiting from long-term relationships to successfully extending into new categories and ultimately to creating new businesses. Um, That's why great brands avoid selling products. And I am going to uh, share a book that I have read that I absolutely love that I got that quote from about emotional connections on my um, book share. So if you go to my website, mytachi.com, check the book tab, and I'm going to pop that up there so you can see it. Um, And it's called What Great Brands Do. And it talks about selling emotions. And so they, they, in the book, they talk about Nike and how we're not buying shoes with Nike. We're buying a dream, you know, and that is what people, you know, you want people to sort of buy into. There are so many people who do it so well. Oprah Winfrey, you know, Oprah is a person, but we are buying into the hope that she gives us and and what she makes us feel. That's boss branding. Like even Beyonce, like she, her from her, that black with the pink, uh, logo and then how she consistently brings us in emotionally yes she is talented there are tons of talented people who can sing and dance right but it's the emotional connection um, and that is why we are into her and so when you when people love your brand and they love what you do and there is a an, an emotional connection there they become your evangelist and so a lot of times people will say uh you know, what's your advertising budget? Do you advertise? And it's like, we don't have to because we have wonderful people that sing our praises who believe in us. And so we survey our customers and we just ask them sort of what is, we ask them, how do you tell other people about us? And it's always word of mouth, you know, word of mouth. You will have people singing your, your praises. Um, and also when your customers are emotionally connected, they will be motivated to protect your brand um, as they are themselves. Have you ever noticed uh, when people have like Instagram trolls and, you know, before some before the actual person or brand can respond, the the army or the beehive has already jumped on them. It's like that is the emotional connection. Beyonce as an artist is selling emotions. Um Proud brand users will want the brands displayed on their countertops. So if you've got sleek design, strong emotion, people will want other people to know that they are using this. They are doing this. They've got your bag. Mia Ray has her Glamaholic bags. Um, There are so many people who are doing such amazing things and people are purchasing these items the teas and the trap that I mentioned because they like being a part of it the same goes for I believe products you know Carol's daughter Lisa Price the emotions that Lisa has made us feel Shea Moisture the community um yes it is they have great products but it's the brand that pulls us in they'll market their their new collections and they'll market these new items to us but they've already got us you know they already got us because they've given us 
they've given us things beyond the product, right? They've given us more than just a shampoo or more than just a t-shirt. And so I read that Pampers was one of the first brands to give useful advice and medical advice to mothers, medical info to mothers. So what additional information, you know, are you giving for free? And so for those of you who follow Gary V, he always says you've got to punch, 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 and then uppercut or jab or something like that. And I know some serious Gary V followers will get me on this, but the idea is you have to constantly be giving so that when you start selling, it doesn't, it, it feels seamless and flawless. Like, Oh, okay. Not a big deal. You know, sometimes you don't hear anything from anybody for, I don't know how long. And then all of a sudden you get an email being like, buy my stuff. And you're like, girl, who are you? Where have you been? Uh, What are you doing? You know? And so, um, we just had our retreat, um, last month and we have every twice a year, take the Curlbox team out for a retreat. And then we invite one person, um, every retreat who works with us, but isn't like a full on team member to observe, to give us, you know, crit- critique and all of that. And one of the things that our guest said is like, my, like you should share so much free info. Like, don't you feel like you should be charging for that? And I'm just like, well, a, I would be sharing this stuff anyway. I really enjoy sharing. But then, you know, if ever I have something or I come out with something or I sell something, people support me. And I think that people support me because I've recorded over 90 something podcasts, you know, um, for nothing. But I don't, you know, it's like I feel like people support me in my endeavors. People support me by telling other people about me. People support me by just because you're not clicking out, you know, of my store doesn't mean that you aren't like that you aren't doing anything or that that people aren't doing anything. It's just like the minute that you tell someone else who tells someone else who tells someone else, um, at some point a transaction will be made. Um, so then I started to think about what makes your brand tick? Like what is your thing? And I mentioned Oprah before because they say that great brands ignore trends And I know a lot of you probably may have your eyebrow tilted up like what, you know, it's all about trends. It's all about, I see so many people doing what everyone else is doing. Um, But there's a story about Oprah Winfrey and why her brand is so distinctive. And her brand is distinctive because it came down to what she chose not to do. Um, One thing she did was that she didn't wait until she got whacked to to leave. She took herself off the air while she was still successful. She could have waited until she like burned out, got, you know, uh, her ratings were down and then be like, okay, I'm going to tap out. She checked out on top. Another thing she never did is that, I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but Martha Stewart took her name public. I know you guys have probably, you know, Martha Stewart towels and all these things. I think they're in, they were in Kmart. Um, but Oprah Winfrey never took her name public. She kept it private. Um, and another thing that I really applaud Oprah for and have sort of like mirrored myself seriously is that she never pursued business deals outside of her core competence. Like Oprah sticks to what she knows and you just don't see her out there doing, um, 
just any and everything. And so people are going to come to you and have all these suggestions for you. But you have to first ask yourself, remember your tagline, is this aligned with who I say I am? Um, Because you have to be very obsessive about protecting your brand. And once you become successful, it it really comes down to what you say no to. So um, I think I read that uh, Chipotle, once they got purchased, I believe by McDonald's, I think McDonald's did purchase them. I I think I'm I'm 99.99% sure that's it. And that there was this conversation about, you know, them doing like coffee or cookies because, you know, like McDonald's has their thing. And they said no. And they were like, we make, you know, they make burritos, they make bowls. They, they're like, we're going to do what we do best. And I think that you have to remember that as you see people podcasting, YouTubing, Instagramming, whatever the next crazy thing is going to be. If that's not your lane, you don't have to do everything. Even if people are winning at that, you still don't have to do it. So I started podcasting in 2011 because I because videos are not my ministry. Like I tried to make one video and I was just like, how do these girls do this? You have to be into this. Like first you got to set the camera up. You got to focus it. You got to get your light right. You got to record it. So you have to record it. Then you have to take it from the camera, put it on a computer, right? Then you got to cut it up and edit it and all that. And you got to upload it. And I was just like, for the way that I move, I would be, this is not for me. But what I could do was flip my laptop open and start talking um and I just found that that just worked for me and so I'm only gonna do what I do best and so a lot of times people will say why don't you do this why don't you do that you know why because it's like I don't I'm not the best at that you know um I always appreciate the suggestions but um nobody knows better than me what I'm good at and so you have to remember that for yourself too is do what you do best even if if you're okay at something just let it go Stick to what you do the best because then everybody will think you're the best at everything, even though you're not. You see what I'm saying? So that is a thing. Um, and then they say, if you try to tap into something that's already happening, happening, you're likely to get caught chasing the trend like everyone else. And you want to be a person that anticipates things versus a person who's always reacting to things. And so nothing, I'm, whenever I see that, I'm just like, oh my God, another me too. And everybody, even though you think that people don't know that you're a me tooer, um, they notice it. And this doesn't mean, uh, also keep in mind that there is nothing new under the sun, right? So it's like, please don't, please don't do nothing because you feel like I can't come with any up with anything original. It's just like be original in the way that you do it. And if you find that you are good at it and, and you are your best at it, then go ahead and do it, you know? And so you want to just make sure that you're constantly, um, scanning the horizon, looking out, seeing what's happening, doing a lot of research and moving in unexpected directions. And so you have to move in directions that people may not expect from you. Um, and you have to be looking in the distance. And so constantly going out, I consume a lot of content. I tell people that all the time. I read the things that I like. And then I also read things that I, that don't necessarily interest me because I'm constantly wanting to push myself outside of only doing what I know. A lot of people get caught up in that, that they only do what they know. They only hang out with people they know. They only go to places they know. They only order things on the menu that they know. And so I'm constantly pushing myself outside of that because I do believe that's where the magic is. Um, 
So something else you want to think about, like what is the goal? What is the goal of all this branding business? And the goal is to understand the role of your brand in people's lives and in the broader culture. Like what is it? uh, How do people perceive you? What do you mean to them? And then uh, think about how likely, you know, your role in their life's life will change and then change with it. So, um, and I'm just telling you guys what I've been doing and how I've been doing things is that that's what moved me into Curlbox body is that I was just thinking about the role that we played in our customers' lives. And we've had, we've had people who've been with us from the very beginning. We have lots of people who have been with us one year, two years, and I get all these products. And I started to think, you know, I have a lot of hair stuff. I'm also body obsessed. And what else Uh, how is our customer going to move and how can we continue to provide things? Because even as when we lose customers, I understand that a lot of it is okay. Maybe I didn't like it, but another part of it is that I found what I love and that is what we are in the business of is helping people find what they love. And so how can I help you find more things you love? Um, Another thing is that you, you want to know that you can't be, all things to all people, right? If you try to be all things to all people, you'll you'll never connect deeply with anyone. And so um, in the very beginning, there was a time where we get complaints, you know, this is not for me. You know, I've been natural or I've been doing my hair for 20 years and I can't believe you would give this me this. And I, I then say, then this isn't for you, perhaps, you know, um, this is for people who are looking for searching and seeking out um, new products versus just like, oh, wanting discounted things, you know, this is for someone who really needs help. We have a lot of college customers, a lot of young women who are in smaller parts of town who don't have access to products. And so I understand that I can't be all things to all people, even though I want to be. Um, And so I think we connect with the people who need us. You know, I think that there are a lot of people who really need the service. And so um, while we hate to see anyone go, we are also okay being like, we understand that this is not for you Um, because great brands don't chase customers. You know what I mean? It's just like, I talked about this a couple of podcasts ago about how focus on who's focused on you, you know, um, So there's this thing of like, of how you are going to work with your customers and train your customers. And so if you have a huge demand for what people love, um, you want to think, you want to be very careful about offering discounts. And so that is something that I had a very close friend to me who does offer discounts, but he says something to me of like, discounts are like, discounts when at the core of it is like lazy marketing you know he's like it's your it's your quick way of getting people to be interested in you um versus working really hard and figuring out ways to get people to to want to buy what you have at full price and I remember being like dang but this was super early in my career but it never left me and so it's like you have to train customers and clients to get it before it's gone versus feeling like you have to water it down um, for them, right? It's like uh, when you don't hold sales, you keep the bargain hunter sort of away from you because customers are trained to look for the deal at all times. And so 
Um, you want to be sure that you are attracting um, people who aren't even looking for you. And that typically comes by the sharing in the word of mouth, because I will go out and I'll meet people and they'll be like, oh, my God, I love your podcast. My cousin told me, my friend told me by creating stellar content. And the way that you do that is by um, celebrating who you are. So I posted this on my Twitter last night. When you embrace and celebrate who you are, you attract the people who are destined to be your most loyal customers. And so this is something that's um, super huge and super important. So uh, sweat the small stuff. Think about your design. Um, really zero in on your packaging. If you have a product, like it is really important. It is, it is the magic. It is what people see and take your time and get it right. You know, a lot of times I see falling off labels, multiple use of fonts. Uh, your, your package is your first impression. It's what people, um, will think about you and you want to be purposeful, sort of in everything you do, you want everything to communicate exclusive. So, you know, if my things are exclusive, effortless, uh, I want to have this feel of exclusivity. I want to have this, um, this feel that, you know, I'm trying to, in everything I do, create the magic, like the femininity, the pink tissue paper, like all of that stuff has to tell the story. Um, so, my final, final thing, and I apologize if that was a little bit, you know, how I get when I'm all like, I want to tell you this, I want to tell you that, I want to tell you this, um, is that you want to remember that great brands give back. So you should always, always give back. Um, you can give back by sharing information, give back by helping others, um, but definitely make sure that you do that. And so I hope that you guys really enjoyed this branding podcast, and I hope that you, um, I hope that this helped you in the creation of the beginning of your boss brand. Um, if you have any questions, you can always reach me at mytachi.com. There's a tab that says, ask me anything. Please do ask me anything. Um, and you can email me. I'm mytachi at gmail.com. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.